welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew, joining me today. My co-host from across the pond is Robert. How's it going? It's going good. How's it going for you? Going good. Well, it wasn't until a couple of hours ago, till the football, but that's football, and that's fine. Um, but no, other than that, I myself am uh, doing well, having a good week. Um, some of which, some things of which we'll talk about in the housekeeping section. Um, what have you been playing? Uh, well, I saw that Nino Cooney Kuni uh, Wrath of the White Witch hit uh, Game Pass, and we talked about that the other day, so I wanted to uh, give it a try, and like uh, pretty much every JRPG that I've tried takes forever to actually get into the game. <laughs> I seriously clocked it, 35 minutes to get to an actual fight in the game. Oh, wow. I'm like, yeah, no. I mean, I gave it a little bit of time to see if I would like it. And I didn't like it enough to justify probably how long they're just going to drag crap out. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered the full 1.0 version of Grounded got released. So I downloaded that, and I've been sinking a lot of time into that. Um, so this is a full official official release. Um, so all the story elements have been added into it, which gives it an actual clear direction and a clear path and an actual Good. Good. end to the game. So even though it's an open world-ish kind of builder game uh it does have a story and the story does have an end so nice um have you enjoyed what you've played of that then yeah it's i mean there's still a lot to learn because um they added so much for the full release like there's all new mechanics there's all new uh materials i've been finding myself going to the wiki wiki page a lot to figure out what does this do how do i get this where do i find this from kind of a thing so Mm-hmm. But there's a, a lot to kind of catch up on, but it's good. It's the kind of game that you can. Uh, it's one of those games I call a podcast game, right, to where you right. can play a podcast because um, there's not any dialogue because you're based unless you're multiplayer, you're there by yourself, so you can just pay and then have the play it and then have the podcast going on in the background and catch up on stuff. Mm-hmm. Catch up on your entertainment talk while you play your grounded. There you go. Um... Cool. Uh, yeah, I saw that the full release came out for that. I either didn't remember it was coming out or forgot or whatever, but then it, the update came out and people started mentioning it. Um, that's the game I'm interested in trying out. And I had already point. purchased it before um, Microsoft acquired Obsidian Entertainment. Um, so this is mine regardless of Game Pass or not. Cool. Um, because I remember when it first came out and I saw the concept and I loved that idea and it was his mm-hmm. obsidian just starting back up so I'm like yeah I'll, I'll give that for 20 bucks nice nice um yeah I'm wondering if I should sub to game pass play it for a bit or just buy it I haven't uh, decided what to do with that because I've also got games I've also recently bought and I haven't gone back onto boomerang so I'm managing you know my subscriptions and purchases and seeing what's the what I'm going to get the best uh value out of um but no that's one i'm going to check out at some point how much time have you put into the the new version uh at least 20 hours it's something that sucked up my time really good cool nice nice any particular favorite parts of it like game um i think it's just because it's so unique because everything is recognizable Uh there's no like wild nonsense to it um you're just shrunk down to the size of basically a lego person um, so, you know, there's ants, but they're big enough. They're the size of horses. Mm-hmm. And so I could, I can only imagine if Bex played this game, how terror inducing 
a spider that's five times her height would be because she does not do well with spiders. Mm-hmm. She freaks out with them. Speaking of Bex, I've been watching, I had to watch through, through the uh, archive version or whatever, um, watched her play some of Little Nightmares 2, which I'm going to, I might try to watch her more later. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, she's a Twitch streamer, um, she's part of the whole Entertainment Talk Geek Town sort of circle. Um, I know she's not been on an Entertainment Talk podcast for a bit, but I am talking to her about that at the moment. Um, but I don't want to say like, hey, Bex is going to be on this episode if it doesn't happen. So um, we're trying to arrange things at the moment um but no she's doing some great stuff over on twitch uh, trista b-y-t-e-s i always mention her twitch channel at the end of the podcast in the outro uh she's playing little nightmares 2 a game that i think is absolutely fantastic um especially from like an atmosphere audio sort of uh angle it's really really good she did a i think a four hour video for the start i've seen the first hour or so so i've got a little bit of catching up to do because she's probably there's been a few mondays that have gone past since that but I shall try and catch up with that. Have you seen any of her play Little uh, Nightmares 2? Yeah, I uh, like to innocently troll her every now and then by now, anonymously do, playing the bit sound for the creaky door open, and just she just kind of goes like, eh. Yeah. Um, yeah. The doors do but yeah, she's, as well. So. Yeah, so it's real easy to fit in, but she's been yeah. super busy. She's at uh, Play Expo this weekend and was at EGX last weekend as a uh, presenter. So, you know, now that the conventions are starting back up, she's mm-hmm. not on Twitch as much because, you know, work, work takes over. So yeah, she's doing what she's doing. She's uh, getting some good work. So uh, good stuff with Bex. Um, Tens for me, I've uh, been playing Dreamlight Valley, uh, got back into um, FIFA Crow mode this week. And also because I'm trying to do, I, I don't know long term how it's going to go, but I'm trying to do like three streams a week, um, doing a singular one on Wednesday and then a double on Friday. Um, so I'm basically doing uh, FIFA from 8 on Wednesday and then Last of Us. I, I thought I'd plan it so that I do Last of Us first and then kind of chill out with some Disney stuff afterwards rather than the other way around. Um, so I do like 90 minutes of one and 90 minutes of the other. So, um, But yeah, the, the Friday stream was a was a bit longer than some of the other ones. Um, yeah, the, the FIFA stuff I thought I, I mentioned on the stream, which is available on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays, if you go over there. I was very balanced, I felt like I was... Because I don't want FIFA to be too easy or too hard. I don't want to feel like I'm scoring too many goals or letting in too many goals. I want to feel like if I've, you know, beaten a decent team, which I think I played Tottenham and I played Liverpool, which two very good teams, that I've sort of earned it, you know, or just about 1-2-1 or something. Um, So I felt like, you know, some of the tackles, I was sort of fighting for the ball on that, which is kind of what you want. And then I was sort of tactically earning the goals so those are really good uh, again wednesdays at eight for fifa and if you miss them don't worry they'll be uh, exported to twitch afterwards to entertainment or plays on youtube uh, and then the same thing with last of us um interesting to go back obviously through the, i think this is my third time already through last of us part one um i'm doing the sort of like unlimited ammo sort of stuff so it, instead of me wasting time on stream kind of looking around too much for stuff it's just me going through the gameplay and letting the cutscenes play out with the uh narration description thing um which i still think is a really cool element and then uh, dreamlight valley i've now put in about i'll say about five hours six hours maybe maybe um i have played some off stream as well um that's not a game i'm only playing on stream so um yeah i met mickey mouse met goofy i've met um what was his name martin the, the wizard and then um merlin merlin that's it yeah 
uh, and Scrooge McDuck. So it's it it starts off with the the because the characters are sort of categorized in groups, obviously through the films. Um, and I've met someone like that. I think it's called Mickey and Family characters. I think Minnie Mouse is supposed to show up at some point. Mickey Mouse has been talking about her. One of the things I really like about that game, which was one of the things I was hoping to like, is because um, at the moment the the game's kind of a little bit into well the point that I'm at with the game. Obviously, it expands later on. The point that I'm at with it is you've got sort of the area near your character's house, which is a lot of the gardening areas, and Mickey is sort of there and he talks to you about gardening stuff and you know, uh, uh, getting um, fruit and food and stuff like that from from planting, and then you use that to do cooking. So you do all of that stuff with him. He's talked about the um, Ratatouille character, I think it's called Remy, um, about like, hey, he used to make meals, can you help me do it? Because he had to go off because of, you know, the darkness of what happened. Um, And then Goofy's kind of the one who's at the other section of it, and he's doing a lot of the fishing stuff. So I, I like how the game's separated itself a little bit um how you've got these 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 two little sections but what i like is i'll be in the middle of like removing thorns or planting stuff or fishing and then goofy or donald or whoever will just sort of come over to me and start like i don't know jumping about being enthusiastic and saying stuff and um it's kind of like seemingly a little bit randomly generated which i think is good um or like the the other i think earlier when i was playing it for just a little bit I put a clip on our uh, YouTube channel. Uh, again, there's loads of game clips over there. And um, I was just walking around, just seeing what was up and was walking around. Um, and then Goofy comes over and he, I think he said, like, good morning to you or something. Um, and then he waves at you and then he kind of ran off to his to his pond. So I like those little random things that sort of happen. And I'm looking forward to seeing, um, as I progress through the game and do things with the characters, unlock more characters and just have more characters sort of running around. Um, I think that would be that would be quite cool. So I'm I'm surprised that I'm enjoying it so far, but it's interesting for me because it's taking one thing that I really like, which is Disney characters, and one thing which I don't like or dislike, something which I've always kind of been a bit neutral on in terms of like okay, things like this isn't really sort of a built. It's it's got building game elements to it, but it's more about at the moment anyway doing fishing and doing gardening and stuff which is not something i would really ever individually do within a game but then it's sort of i'm taking care of this place and there's just disney characters walking around and talking to me and those two elements combined i'm really uh enjoying that element of it um so it's good and then the other character who's with me is scrooge mcduck um and with him i've been making like signs for his shop and um because he's opened this just general store sort of place where you can buy things from um and i sorted my house out a little bit so i've got a bed in there i've got like a an oven and a fridge and a bed and a computer and things like that so it's i'm, I'm liking it so far i have to be kind of in a bit of a particular mood because it, it is a little bit grindy you know i'm spending 5 10 15 minutes kind of picking things up planting things uh it's a bit of the grindy element of it but when you progress in the game it does feel quite good and then you talk to disney characters so it's quite fun so um but for those of you that want to see the uh two streams that i've done for that now one is 90 minutes the other one's an hour uh it's just dreamlight valley part one part two they're both on the youtube channel which again is entertainment talk plays so there's that uh return to cod for a little bit that was fun um i'm in the last kind of well the last month really of modern warfare 2 uh, modern warfare 1 or sorry i'll get it right in a minute modern warfare 19 uh so uh that's been good 
I was having a conversation with um, a player that I met yesterday, and we were having a problem where the lobby was disbanding. And he said to me, "Now I'm I now bear in mind I'm somebody who's like really analysed what's gone on with this game and the whole storage issue and what Warzone's done to this game and all that type of stuff." And he came out with kind of a, a curious point, which I challenged him on. And this guy said to me. I said, oh, do you, do you know why the lobbies are disbanding? I said, yeah, I do know why. I didn't say what the answer was. He went, oh, it's because of Ricochet. Now, for those of you who don't know what Ricochet is, it's supposed to be an anti-cheat sort of thing. It doesn't really work because people were able to hack the Modern Warfare 2 beta. On a side topic, why you need to hack a beta for a game, I don't understand. Um, but people started doing that. And he said, uh, oh, the reason that the lobbies are disbanding and the, and, and the game's gone wrong... Um, is because of Ricochet, and I was like, "This, no, that's not, that's not the reason." Um, and he's like, "I would," I was like, "I could tell you what the reason is if you want to know." Um, he's like, "Oh, what is it?" And I said, it, I, "It's to do with Warzone," and I've explained on different episodes before why it's happened or how how it's happened. Um, and he kind of chuckled a little bit. And I was like, "No, I can explain if you want me. I, I'm not going to explain it to you if you don't want me to do that." And he's like, "No, tell me." And I explained to him about the code and that. He's like, no, it's to do with Ricochet. And I'm like, no, that's a different thing. Um, so, but I mean, we didn't argue with each other. We just had like a surprisingly healthy debate. I was like, no, I don't think it's to do with Ricochet. Um, I don't even think Ricochet even actually works. Um, because again, people have managed to hack the Modern Warfare 2 beta, which is interesting. But, and I said, well, one of the things I said to him is like, one simple way to look at it is it's not a coincidence that every single time Warzone's updated, which is often, that is tied into the same um, uh, download thing as Modern Warfare because you can't separate the two things. And it can't be a coincidence that with all the studio mismanagement and teams moving around and whatnot, that when we're, whenever Warzone updates, Modern Warfare 19 has issues because it's messing with the code and stuff. I mean, I could be wrong about that. Like, a developer could message me or whatever and say, like, no, it's because of this. But that's why I think it's happening. But I've I've never once heard someone say, oh, it's because of Ricochet. Um, so, but anyway, that's, that, is, that was what it was. Um, I wasn't trying to prove that I was right or wrong or whatever. I was just giving in my uh, perspective. But um, I, I thought that was an odd um, thing for him to think that he's found out that it was, it was Ricochet. But, um... No, I think that's a separate thing. But anyway, um, but no, that's been fun. Um, it's it's really interesting with Modern Warfare 19 because there are elements of the game that are kind of broken and and things like that. But if you, because the way I've discussed over these like specifically last couple of months, maybe last year or so, about issues with the game, if you go and watch, and I I watch them back just for like you know memories and fun and all that sort of stuff. And when I'm obviously uploading the, the game clips. If you watch those game clips. In most of them I'm either laughing. Or having a good time with something that's happened. Um, or I've done something to make somebody else laugh. And then everybody laughs. Or you know. it's You, you can. Um, you can tell how fun it is. And at bare minimum that's what I want to do with that game. You know whether I lose the game. Win the game. Get a terrible score. There are still surprisingly very funny things that can happen. On that game, um, so yeah, it's it's still a great time, and I'll I'll keep playing it until Modern Warfare Two comes out. So um, I am gonna have I have got planned to do a podcast. Um, I think I'm gonna call it like 
uh, what was the title I came up with the other day? Like remembering three years of Modern Warfare. That just to kind of talk a bit about you know my my experience with with that because I haven't really had an experience with that game with a game like that since maybe high school. Um, so it's it's good to kind of have that back. So anyway, that's what we've been playing and everything this week. Uh, let's move into some housekeeping and then we'll get into some news. See you for that in a minute. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK. That's E-T-A-L-K-U-K to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode and you can go and click on that link in the show notes that's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well so you can either copy and paste the promo code etalkuk e-t-a-l-k-u-k you can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20 percent off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscapes quality thanks very much to manscape for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening hi there if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name we've got good news for you with our affiliate link with kualu you can click on that link which is in your show notes which is for our affiliate link you can go over to kualu to get started with your website and domain name today they've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to kualu for this affiliate link hi there if you'd like to get rid of the ads in entertainment talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes we've got good news for you there as well you can subscribe to entertainment talk at either the five dollar level tier or ten dollar level tier the five dollar level tier will get you access to all of entertainment talks previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for if you also subscribe to us at the ten dollar level tier that will get you that benefit that i've just mentioned and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a tv show and a general discussion on that show or a film review of your choice so if you if there's a tv show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it we can watch two episodes of that tv show or film review so it's one of either of those per month of course if you continue subscribing each month you can pick a tv show then a film the next month and so on and so forth this is a great way to support entertainment talk get your ad free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening back to the show Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, quite a few new episodes this week. It was a great week for Entertainment Talk for lots of different reasons. Uh, something that did dampen the week slightly, however, uh, a few hours ago Manchester United played Manchester City in the Manchester Derby and it was 6-3 to Manchester City, so clawed back some goals at the end, but still a uh, not great performance. Um, Erling Haaland is just, um, people question if he's human or not, he's got 14 goals in seven games. Just a quick little statistic for you all. Uh, the highest Premier League record is 30-something goals. I can't remember the exact amount. The average that a striker, usually a striker, 
gets is 23-25 maybe. Um, Man City have now played 8 out of 38 games. Erling Haaland has got 14 goals. And the average from what I usually see is about 23-24. And he's got 14. The season doesn't end until May. And they have 30 games left to play. So... Yeah, he's he's uh he's doing pretty pretty well. Um set fourteen goals, he got another three today, um from eight games. It's uh quite incredible. Um and there's no sort of like because he's uh, come from a foreign league, some sometimes when players come from foreign leagues it takes them a little bit of time to settle and he's also young, he's still twenty two. No time to settle needed, it seems, because he's just he's scoring lots of goals. So uh, that was that on the uh, Manchester Derby side of things. Over on the chat podcast this month, I talked about how Entertainment Talk did for the month of September 2022, the month that's just gone. Talked a bit about the Queen, my thoughts on the Royals and the whole function of the Royal Family and asking some questions and things like that. Um, also talked a bit about podcast planning and podcast mentality, just getting into a bit of sort of my thought process with different things, planning and, you know, other technical things with along with that. So that was that. Uh, TV season reviews this week, I reviewed the sixth season. The penultimate season of Working Mums. You can find it on CBC in Canada and on Netflix in other territories in the UK. Uh, so that's a spoiler free, spoiler split. Must see rating review for Working Mums season six. The next season, which is the seventh, will be the final season, which I'm looking forward to. Over on the world of The Last of Us, uh, my review finally for part one. Uh, you know, took a bit of time to think about the game. There was a lot to think about. Uh, made some notes, made a lot of notes. It's a long episode. Um, so there was two different events that happened with this. I uploaded the original episode last week. I think it was on Tuesday or Wednesday. And it was an hour and 48 minutes. That includes a spoiler-free discussion, so the gameplay, mechanics, systems, that sort of stuff. And then the spoiler section, which there was a lot of stuff to get into. I then, a few hours after that, completely got forgot to talk about one of the characters, one of the main characters. I don't know why. It's just a human error. So I decided, uh, instead of leaving it, I did another section, spoiler section, on that character, which was 16 minutes. So the review is now 2 hours, 10 minutes, or 8 minutes. Um, and I basically just slotted that into one of the like the extra recorded piece. So if you listen to the original version, which was an hour and 48 minutes, go back to the episode. If you don't want to listen to the whole thing again, fast forward to around about an hour and 8 minutes, and you'll hear the newer section. Um, so do that if you if you'd like to do that. So... Very, very long podcast, but I really, really enjoyed getting into uh, talking about all that. Uh, the Walking Dead, uh, speaking of apocalyptic things and zombies and whatnot, The Walking Dead is back next week for its final eight episodes. That is the final, final eight episodes of the season, series rather. Uh, so me and David did a preview podcast for the last eight episodes. We'll be back on Wednesdays weekly over the next eight weeks to discuss those. So the preview podcast is out now. Uh, over on the other Last of Us stuff, we got a new trailer for the HBO TV series adaption, just a quick question, Robert. Did you see the trailer for the show? Uh, no, I did not. Okay, um, but yes, the trailer is out now. You can go and watch it on HBO Max's channel. And I did a, I think it was a forty-minute breakdown of the trailer, which is about a minute and a half or so. So uh, you can check that out. So lots of Last of Us stuff this week. Um, other reviews as well. Now that the Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two beta is now finished, because um, there's not going to be other weekends for it. I thought I'd take an opportunity to review the beta. I still had lots of things to say, uh, so I went ahead and did that. Over on Gaming Talk last week, we talked about the Iron Man announcement game from EA Motive. 
an update with Battlefield and Logitech G is making a cloud gaming system so we talked all about that. And that is what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's get into some news. Google Stadia. We've talked about it a lot of times. Um, I attempted to try it at one point, maybe a year or so ago, can't remember exactly when, and it didn't work because it didn't load, and I couldn't get any further than that. Uh, I didn't pay anything, I got the free trial, Um, so there was that. Uh, This comes to us from Tom Warren over on The Verge. He says, breaking, Google is closing down its Stadia cloud streaming service uh, gaming cloud streaming service uh, the service will remain live until january 18th 2023 google is refunding all stadia purchases which is crazy uh full details here um so you can go over the diversion read about that i'm sure if you if you if you are a stadia member you've probably already read all the stuff that you need to uh me and robert are not stadia players or members or anything like that um, so as I said, you know, there was big doubts over this from day one. Uh, we talked before about, you know, as time has gone on, different news about different things and it not working. And the fundamental flaw of this thing, really, as I've mentioned about, you know, other things, even if it's the xCloud Xbox gaming system, whether it be remote play, whether it be the upcoming Logitech G thing that they're doing, if you have a service that is reliant on streaming and you cannot download things if you do not have either either if your wi-fi is down or if you're out and about which these are supposed to be portable you know so things like remote play and and that sort of stuff uh, are supposed to be portable if you're in an area that that does either doesn't have has a weak signal or doesn't have a signal the whole thing pretty much becomes obsolete because you can't load it i mean i gave the example a minute ago I was on this laptop, this very same laptop. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to off the cuff, sign up to Stadia, get a trial, and, you know, I don't know what games I'll play on it, but I I just want to click on it and just see if it works. They had a game on there, can't remember exactly what it was. I clicked on it, and I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to go in here. They said, like, any hardware could kind of use this thing. It doesn't matter what your the specs of your, you know, gaming um, laptop is or whatever. Um, clicked on it. And it just simply didn't load. And it rendered the entire thing obsolete because it just didn't load. I couldn't, I could, I could browse stuff on there. I couldn't play anything on it though because it wouldn't load. Um, can't download any of their games because the idea is a streaming service for it. Um, it does work the same way logically with, let's say, Netflix. If you're on the, on the go, um, which is a little bit different because you can download like some some streaming apps like Disney Plus and that do let you download episodes offline. But if you haven't done that, if you're let's say traveling on a coach or a bus or your train, whatever, and you think, hey, let's watch some, let's catch up on some Stranger Things on the train. If it doesn't load, then sure you can still browse Netflix maybe if it loads. Um, but if the episode itself doesn't load, you can't watch it. Um, whereas if I 
you know, come home, and my games like FIFA, COD, or um, Dreamlight Valley are downloaded offline if my internet goes off. Okay, COD's a bit different to that. With something like FIFA or Dreamlight Valley or The Last of Us Part One, they're downloaded offline. If I come home, if I come home and the internet is off, I still play those games. Don't need to stream them because they're all they're already downloaded. Um, whereas if I try to bit of a different example, and I mentioned this the other week. Uh, with the new PS Plus system, I think it's the second tier, which lets you stream PS3 games. Um, again, if I like, they just added the Sly Cooper collection and games and that. If I try to stream them and the internet's either too weak or disconnected, I can't play those games. Um, and you know, I, I know there's different technology used for some of these. Like you know, XCloud uses different stuff. PlayStation system uses different stuff. Google Stadia did. Logitech G did. But the fundamental thing on the user's end, if you do not have a signal, whether it's mobile data or Wi-Fi, or it's bad, it just isn't going to work. Um, and Google Stadia relying completely on that for their entire service ended up with this. Um, did, you, did you ever try Stadia? What do you kind of think of this news and everything? No, I never tried Stadia because, one, I knew it was garbage from the start. I didn't mm-hmm. even have to look at it. Um, two... I didn't see any real point to it. Three, I didn't want to spend $100 on something that Google would abandon, which anybody paying attention to that knew mm-hmm. that that was going to get abandoned, just like they abandoned, abandoned Hangout and Google Plus and the YouTube stuff that they got rid of. Um, so, yeah, I never saw any point in wasting time on that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think this comes as a surprise. Um so yeah, uh, the the other kind of interesting part is, so when you look at you know the 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 business scope in, in entertainment, right? Um, and I've done an episode before on like Netflix and their IP problems, and I've talked about them compared to somebody like Disney and Warner Brothers, who have you know Marvel, Star Wars, Disney, and then Warner Brothers has like DC, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, all that sort of stuff. As far as I'm aware. I mean, I've never seen any information to suggest otherwise. Google doesn't have any IP. Um, now, you, that doesn't mean you can't make original stuff, but you don't really own anything that sort of... Cause there's one, one, one of the stories I sort of saw about this was like, oh, how Destiny 2 thrived on this thing. And if people play, if people bought Stadia and they, they enjoyed Destiny 2, um, great. But if you're already a Destiny player, which Destiny 1 and 2 came out before Stadia did anyway... Um, so if you were like a Destiny hardcore player from day one and then you went on to Destiny 2, you probably weren't playing it on Stadia. So, um, and and it was things like, I know that they did some big deal or whatever with the Ubisoft for Assassin's Creed. Both those game series are series, again, that can be played offline, um, unless you're talking about Destiny's online stuff. Um, specifically with, with Assassin's Creed, it's a single-player offline series that you could play that doesn't rely on internet. So... You don't even need Stadia to play those games. I mean, think about how old like the Assassin's Creed two thousand seven Assassin's Creed started. I think um, it's there. There wasn't there wasn't even any sort of like oh this IP looks really great. I have to buy Stadia for this. They they, they never had anything like that. So um, the idea was. I mean, I I get like if Stadia had worked, it was a decent idea at best. But again, there's there. There's just too many sort of the issues with signal and connecting to it and just okay what 
Um, you know when they talk about like you know people say like oh when the PS5 comes out, when the Series X comes out, when the VR2 comes out, what will be the killer app? What will be the th- what will be the thing in your advertisement that players will look at and say, oh god, I have I have to buy this system because of this game. Google didn't have anything like that. Their their, their adverts at the start were Assassin's Creed, which you could already play on PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and all these other players, all these other places. So it didn't work out. It's another thing to like you and many other people said add to um, Google's grave so to speak um but if you are a stadium member um yeah you got till january 18th this other section here google is refunding all stadia purchases that seems like that's a lot of money i guess i don't know how many people bought lots because they had like a subscription offer and a individual purchase option didn't they where you could i think you could either you signed up or something and then you could subscribe to it but then you could buy games individually so any money that's spent on that side from everybody is getting refunded. That seems like a lot of money. Um, yeah, and I know Google's probably got you know a lot of money in that, but still, that seems like a lot of money to kind of just give back. And this isn't something that's been going on for a short amount of time. This has been around for what, a couple of years, maybe steadier. So, um, what do you think of the the refund part? There, that seems like a lot of money, maybe. <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, it's not like this thing was selling gangbusters. True. Um, the real issue with shutting down is they told nobody. And when I say nobody, I mean Devs nobody. Because well. I'm going through some, I'm on a um, PC Gamer quote uh, page reading that. Some developers found out from the Verge article that you're referencing. Um, Tom Vian, who is uh, SFB Games co-founder... Uh, tweeted out, said, Tangle Towers was due to launch on Stadia in two days. This article is the first I've heard about it shutting down. Uh, where was that other one? Um, da, da, da. Yeah, it's not the way that your devs should find out about that. You know, yeah. through a public and then, article. Uh, Necrosoft Games Director Brandon Stayfield uh, talks about how uh, this shutting down is because um, there was a lot of developers that were counting on that uh, revenue from uh, mm-hmm. from Stadia to recoup dev- development costs, and now they're just kind of stuck. Um, I think my favorite tweet is uh, Rocksteady senior gameplay programmer Adit Doshi, who comes in with sarcasm. And I love just on-point sarcasm. He says, uh, to be fair, Google Stadia faced terrible odds in the past three years having to deal with one a global pandemic forcing people inside turning to online entertainment, and two, graphics cards and console shortages creating a very high demand for alternatives. If only they had hit the market at a better time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you got dunked on, just take it. Yeah, yeah. So, the the other thing that Google should try to do, because some of these other devs of other games and stuff, um, that have said, hey, are things launching on Stadia? Um, and I've mentioned this before, that if if there are... Because there are some games that are exclusive to Stadia, they're just not major IP in the way that I was talking about, like, what, what you're relying on for your big hitters. If there are, like, indie titles and things like that, Google needs to try to... I, mean, I don't know how it would all work on the business side of things and whatever... Try and make some of those um, games available on 
the normal consoles because then at least that will help with some sales plus it will get it out to a broader audience <laughs> like me and you and other people like that so um because i'm not i'm not saying what i've not said i'm not saying that the originals like the indie titles and stuff were bad i don't know if they were bad games because i couldn't connect to the thing to try the games out <laughs> so um there there might have been some indie originals or other originals and stuff on stadia that might have actually been good games but just don't know because I couldn't connect to the thing to try them out. So if you were to put those on consoles or Switch or even if they're mobile titles or whatever, depends on what the games are. Um, try to do that. Try to do that because if you're gonna shut, if what what you what you don't want to happen is developers have made games specifically for this thing, and then in what like a few months time, it's those games are locked behind a service that's shut down. Um. It, it, that's a bit similar, I know it's a little bit different, but it's kind of similar to, you know, some of those older, like, PS3 games that have, because obviously that was where trophies were introduced. There's certain PS3 games that don't have their online services anymore, and in order to get, like, if you're trying to get the platinum for those games, you can't, because some of those are online trophies for doing things in those games that you can't go on to anymore, e even if you've got people that want to play online with you, because those servers are shut down, so it's, like, locked behind that. Um... But hopefully they can, I don't know, like if the dev teams can be released or something and they can try and port their games to the other systems or something. Because, um, yeah, there, there might be some decent stuff that no one's really sort of tried on it. Um, who knows, maybe that game that I tried to click on, I can't remember the name of it, maybe that is a good game that I would like. But I don't know because it wouldn't load. So, yeah. Uh, Alright, let's move on from Stadia. Um, we've got a thing about Skyrim, but that's part of your news piece that I have another note to, so we'll leave that for a bit. Uh, I need to switch over to my web browser um, on my phone where I've got some notes to talk about uh, Modern Warfare 2, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. So the beta has come and gone. We had the two weekends. I did, of course, my review for what I thought. Uh, Infinity Ward, who's the developer, put out a post on their website, infinityward.com, which you can go and read. Uh, and they have a bit of an update. I've actually only skimmed through this, so there is some stuff here that I haven't actually read. So let's go through this. Uh, Modern Warfare 2 beta, thank you to our players. It says, firstly, thank you to everyone who played the Modern Warfare 2 beta uh, the last two weeks. We have loved seeing all of you playing our game and creating amazing moments. Um... If you haven't already, please share them with our social media and we might reshare some of our favourites. As we head into launch, October 28th, uh, we are going to be making some adjustments based on learnings uh, from or feedback from the beta. Uh, one of the most important parts of um, the beta is having you, the players, finding new bugs, issues with us, uh, for us. Um, we are grateful to the community for coming together and helping us fine-tune this game and we can't wait to show you even more. While we are working hard on a ton of content for you to play at launch and beyond, um, here are just a few things that we want to highlight. While the sentiment around footstep audio was more positive in Beta Weekend 2, we have seen your continued feedback on the volume of footsteps and will continue to balance enemy slash friendly footstep audio ahead of launch. We will definitely go back to that part of this article. Enemy visibility is something that came up throughout the we both weekends of our beta. While many of you remarked on the improvement in weekend two, we looked uh, we'll look to tweak increased enemy uh, visibility to allow for better visual tracking of opponents. That is not solely 
the traditional um, nameplate. So that's when your teammate's name comes up above their head so that you know it's them. Because um, the enemies, um, they do have a red nameplate above them, but only if you aim at them for like a long time. Because um, the, the idea is supposed to be, you see, you see a player in the game, if they've got a green name above their head, or a blue name, uh, green or a blue name above their head, they're friendly. If they've got no name above their head, they're an enemy. Um, and there were times where like the nameplate wasn't showing up sort of properly and and that type of stuff. Uh, luckily, the whole beta was in core, and you can't kill your teammates in core, so nobody was doing that by accident. Disbanding lobbies are another topic we addressed during the beta. We feel this is an important feature and actively looking for potential solutions for launch. That's something that affects everybody, so. Hopefully they can do that. In terms of weapons, we are happy with the results of the weapon tuning. Changes we made for Weekend Beta 2. Um, we have more changes coming uh, to come given weapon performance in the beta. And we are excited for everyone to get hands on with all. Because of course we didn't get to play with every weapon in the beta. Uh, all of the weapons in Modern Warfare 2. We are excited to see so much in interest in th our third person playlist. We have heard feedback on the camera shoulder swapping and will continue to make refinements to this mode for launch. More to come. I don't have any personal interest in the third person mode so I can't comment on that at all. I've not even seen what it looks like. But to me, COD is a first person shooter so that's how I play it. Uh, Ground War and Invasion also got a lot of love from the players in beta. That's like their big um, type scale stuff. Uh, thanks to our diligent fans, we have many uh, bugs to work through in both our battle modes. Uh, in both battle modes, um, we also have some improvements coming for AI navigation for invasion. Uh, we're still processing feedback. Beta continued to da 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 da. da. Uh, look for further updates from Team Ricochet. That's the thing I mentioned earlier, which is supposed to be the software that tracks tracks um, hacking or deals with hacking. I'm not sure exactly how it's supposed to work on what's to come. And then it says, uh, Modern Warfare 2 will release on October 28th, but if you pre-ordered the game, like me, uh, you can play the campaign up to a week early um, on October 20th. Um, so there we go. Uh, there's, only, there's only really one thing I want to talk about here specifically, because enemy visibility, I'm sure we'll all be fine with. Um, I mean, you, you'll probably, just out of sort of fright or being jumpy um whether it's a nameplate or not you'll probably end up accidentally shooting your teammates anyway so i don't know i don't know the nameplate stuff specifically will help with that because that wasn't really an issue in modern warfare 19 and players still shot their teammates teammates accidentally so i don't know how much i don't know how much you can improve that per se because sometimes i don't know you'll see someone running up the stairs and you won't look above their head you'll just see that a person's run up the stairs and you'll just shoot them so that's just that's just more human reaction stuff than anything, and we all do it. Like myself and other players I've played with, on occasion, you know, your teammate walks around a corner, you weren't expecting them, you see that the players there, you don't take chances, and you shoot your teammates. It's just this kind of just what happens. But sometimes it can be funny and interesting. This um, footstep audio uh, is one that's been of a, of a big debate, and I can't stress this enough. Players that play that, what you're supposed to kind of do tactically, or at least what I do tactically, use your eyes and ears to play this game. <laughs> because um, even in games I played on Modern Warfare 19, even games I played the other day, players that there's a section of players 
to me to me kind of play the, these games wrong and in in tactical ways that I don't understand which is like, there's been there's been a lot of occasions whether it's been been myself that's been dead as a player or or a teammate you'll have somebody with you that's playing right and it could be a friend like an actual friend or it could be a random person in your team and they'll see oh the resurrection um uh clickable thing has come up so you can raise your teammate oh i heard an enemy shooting 10 feet away from me but they're clearly running off in the other direction let me walk walk away from the res thing and try and sprint over their head first and and get them and usually if a player ends up doing that they end up dead which means instead of resing a teammate and having an additional player because it's a numbers game at that point they end up just sprinting off and trying to shoot the enemy um but what ends up happening then is then you're then using your loud footsteps and because you're running like a headless chicken um players can see you so they can see you and hear you very clearly and then they you just get shot so um and i i think cuz i i almost think with the with the footstep audio thing i almost think that players are using it incorrectly um cuz the way i use audio in this game is if i'm in a building and not in a camping sense but in a sort of i'm just going to pause for a moment and just just listen just listen is there any players below you on your left on your right above you off in the distance can you hear any gunshots and that's not to say that if you hear gunshots that you just sprint over to them see like okay what are the corners like in between in between where i am and where those gunshots are or if a teammate of yours is saying hey somebody's shooting over on this side instead of just sprinting over there and this is again why people want dead silence as a perk so that they can have it on constantly it just it just doesn't. I don't think some people play this game correctly. Is what I'm trying to say. Uh, in in terms of that specific sort of audio tactical advantage, um, and I do not understand the player thing of oh, my footsteps are loud, so I'm at a disadvantage. Everybody's footsteps are the same um, audio level. Everybody's footsteps are the same. So just stop running what i'm trying to say is just just stop running and just listen um you'll not get shot as much if if you try to do that um but that's that's really out of the things that they mentioned here that's really the only comment um because for me in terms of the the two elements which is the gunplay and the audio design both from the shooting explosions running everything I think the balance that they struck with the gunplay and the audio design is pretty much perfect. Um, at least from the way that I was playing the game. I don't want them to touch that at all. Um, but there you go. So, uh, anything you want to add about that at all? I mean, no, not really. I mean, I don't play the game, so I don't play first-person shooters, and especially online first-person shooters in general, so... It's not like I have that much background or experience with uh, um, just anything that you're talking about. But I do know that, obviously, even as little as I am in that world, even I could tell how badly broken that footstep thing was. So, mm, Yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody's footstep audio is the same, so no, nobody's at a disadvantage. So, there we go. Uh, let's move on from that. Uh, oh, no, there was one other little thing I wanted to talk about as well um 
Just a quick little update thing. So this is from the Modern Warfare 2 Informer, which everything they've said so far, so this isn't like official news stuff, this is like a Twitter account that posts news and things, but so far everything that they've said over the last couple of months to, to a year or so has been accurate. And they said that news on Modern Warfare 2 maps, Favela, which is a classic Modern Warfare 2 map, that's a great map, I can't wait to go back and play on that, that's going to be great. And Shoe House 2 uh, will be maps in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer. I do not know what Shoot House 2 means, but it's got a picture of the Shoot House map. I'm not sure what why it's called Shoot House 2, or if there'll be Shoot House 1 and 2 in the game. I don't know. And the Shoot House 2 will be like a um, alternate version of it, maybe with boxes in different places or stuff. But I'm curious to see what, what the difference is there. But Favela is a really, really good map. I can't wait to play that, especially like the rooftop shooting and stuff that you can do. So uh, just a bit of an update there. Um, let's move on to talk about uh, PlayStation Stars update. Uh, Sony has posted an extensive um, overview of its new PlayStation Stars program on the PlayStation blog covering everything there is to know. The scheme launches today across Asia and will be rolled out uh, to North and South America on the 5th of October, so in a couple of days time. And then Europe gets it 8 days later on the 13th of October, so in just over a week or so. Uh, the service is completely free to join. And you do not need a PS Plus subscription to sign up. Although an active PS Plus membership um, does provide extra benefits. So, by signing up, which is done on the PlayStation app, you'll gain the ability to earn the following rewards. Loyalty points can be redeemed for PSN wallet funds, so money to spend on the PlayStation Store, and select PS Store products. Digital collectibles described as beautifully rendered digital representations of things that players, uh, PlayStation fans enjoy including figurines of beloved and iconic characters from games and other forms of entertainment, as well as a cherished devices, so consoles and things, that tap into PlayStation's history of innovation. It's important to stress that these, uh, to stress once more, these digital collectibles are not NFTs. Uh, Sony says they're created just for our loyalty program, and while some can be rare, they are not one of a kind, nor does it leverage um, blockchain technology. Uh, they cannot be resold or traded. Digital collectibles can only be earned or acquired through the PlayStation Stars, so through your PlayStation. Uh, to earn points, you'll need to complete certain tasks, such as simply booting up a game or earning trophies. Uh, one of our first campaigns um, is called Hit Play 1994, where uh, members who correctly launch games um, that match song based clues receive a special collectible by simply joining PS Stars you'll immediately earn the Star uh, Gazer Telescope collectible uh, for starters PS Stars is accessed through the PlayStation app which I do have installed uh, which is also where you'll view the collectibles you earn so on your phone uh, Sony has plans to roll the service out to PS5, PS4 console in the future too uh, so you'll be able to maybe view those on the, your actual consoles in the future. Uh, you'll also redeem the points you earn through the app. Um, as an added benefit for PlayStation Plus members, uh, which tier you're at doesn't seem to matter because there's the three tiers, you'll earn bonus points for simply buying games and products off the PlayStation Store, um, split across four status levels. The more you engage with the program, the more benefits and rewards you'll receive. Um, this sounds like a harmlessly cool little thing to add to PlayStation. It's very much stressed here that one of the concerns was, hey, are you going to be able to sell these? Are these sort of 
you know, is PlayStation going to ask you to buy these and all that sort of stuff? It doesn't seem like that's that's the case. Um, I wonder if the NFT community will try to do some kind of workaround for this or something. But given that you can... So what what's it, what it's trying to sort of explain here is, let's say somebody takes a screenshot of like the PS3 um, collectible and tries to sell it as an NFT. Um, you can st- you don't have to. I mean, I mean somebody will probably buy that if like somebody tries to do that. Like they'll they'll earn the PS3 artifact, for example, and do a screenshot and try and sell that as an NFT. But specifically from Sony. These aren't being sold, these are being earned. But if you want like the cherry on top, so to speak, with the extras, you get that with PS Plus. But PS Plus isn't just to buy these, PS Plus is for other stuff as well. So I think this is a cool, harmless thing. Um, Whether somebody will find some egregious way to do something with this, we'll wait and see. Obviously the internet is the internet, so we shall see. Um, I'm going to sign up to this just because why not, if it's it's free, which it says it is. um, I usually have ps plus switched on so that will maybe give me some extra stuff and i don't know if i'll specifically try to get some of these or if i'll just hey i did something in a game and it popped up and then you just get them from whatever so this will be just a cool little thing on the side i think um again it doesn't sound like there's anything egregious here whether the internet tries to do anything with this possibly um but uh it sounds all right to me um, and I'm somebody who's very nostalgic for PlayStation's history. Um, I'm somebody that obviously, you know, played the Astrobot game, which is, you know, like a celebration of PlayStation's history. So if this is a similar thing to that, and you can kind of earn like, oh, here's a model of the PS3 and the PS1, or like the game case for Crash Bandicoot or something, um, that would be kind of cool. What do you make of uh, PlayStation stars so far? I mean, I don't really play on my PlayStation that much anymore. Um, between Game Pass and my PC, I'm pretty much on one of those two all the time. So it's not anything I haven't really noticed. In fact, I didn't even notice that um, when they went over to that new tiered system with the PlayStation thing that my uh, existing online service that I had that I barely used just got straight up canceled. And I'm not even mad about it because I was never using it anyway. So it just Mm -hmm. gives me a reason to not re-up it. Yeah. Um, what do you think of kind of the the idea of just these free sort of collectibles? I mean, that's everything. I mean, that's basically achievements and trophies are just free collectibles. Mm-hmm. I know for a while on the 360, some achievements had avatar items linked to them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool. So, I mean, it's not like it's a new thing. It's not even remotely a new thing. Hmm. Yeah. So again, yeah, seems like a full, full, a free cool thing that you can just add. So um, there you go. Uh, so we'll see how that starts rolling out and what people can start earning in games. Um, other interesting part. Now that we've mentioned trophies, um, I've played about six hours of Dreamlight Valley, and it, I think it says that there's sixteen trophies. I haven't earned any trophies yet for doing anything, but um, never mind. So there we go. Uh, let's talk about the PS Plus Essential Games for October 2022. Of course, we don't find out until the other about the other two tiers until the end of the month. Um, I think it's around like the 23rd or something that the, the classic games and that get added. Um, it's a pretty good month that we've got here. Um, we've got Hot Wheels Unleashed. Let me just zoom in on this picture. 
Uh, that is the PS4, PS5 version of Hot Wheels Unleashed. I think these games are backwards compatible anyway. So, um, so Hot Wheels Unleashed. I think I tried some of it. It was alright. I just it just wasn't really for me. Um, a very very good game, Injustice Two, which I think is well personally my favourite fighting game because it's got characters I actually know and care about. Um, so Injustice Two, and then the other one here is Super Hot. It doesn't say whether this is the VR version or not. Um, but it's, it's the PS4 version, so I think it isn't the VR one. Um, for Superhot, uh, Superhot's a really good game. In VR, a very different type of game, and I would recommend playing it in VR over the other one. Um, but Injustice 2 is really good. Hot Wheels could be some good fun. Um, I think this is a relatively strong month. I think they announced the games with Gold for October, but I can't remember what they were, and I didn't sort of take a screenshot or whatever. So, um, Robert, what do you make of, uh, so we've got Hot Wheels Unleashed... Uh, in uh, Injustice Two and Super Hot, what do you think uh, of those games? I mean, they're okay. I mean, I'm not a big Hot Wheel. I mean, I'm a race guy, but I'm not like the biggest Hot Wheel race guy. But I know those have um, a big following. The other one, I honestly have not heard of before. What Injustice Two? Well, no, I mean, I've heard of Injustice. I thought you said something else, like Super Hot. Super Hot, yeah. 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 Okay, I, I had to think for a minute what Super Hot was because. I thought I hadn't heard of it. Then I remembered, oh, yeah, it's that weird shooters. Yeah, yeah. How that how Superhot basically works is, um, so you have, like, these black figure type of shell sort of people. Um, they're the enemies, and the time passes when you move. So a little bit Matrix-esque. Um, so basically, like, that includes bullets and character movement and things like that. So when you move... The bullets fly, and when you stop, that's your time to stop and analyze what's going on. Um, I haven't played the quote-unquote normal version of this, but I have played Super Hot VR, and although it's very intense, which is kind of the good part of it, because you're actually like ducking and weaving and doing all this sort of stuff, um, it's a very, very good game. I think there's there's probably some of me playing that on the YouTube channel, I think. So uh, check that out. And yeah, Injustice 2 is a really, really good game. I uh, hope that they make an Injustice 3. So... Good month for PS Plus overall, certainly. Uh, let's move on to my... I can kind of combine these two things. Uh, Sony posted, or PlayStation posted, uh, 2022 has plenty of games left. They posted like a mini mini kind of calendar sort of thing uh, for, for some games that are coming out. Not like every game to PlayStation, but a couple of games. Uh, Tunic, September 27th. A Playtale Requiem, October 18th. Gotham Knights, October 21st. Modern Warfare 2, October 28th. Um, God of War Ragnarok, November 9th. And the Callisto Protocol, December 2nd. Uh, for me, uh, I have tried... We, we both kind of tried Tunic for a bit of time on Game Pass with uh, Series X. Um, we both kind of didn't sort of get into it. But um, I think I played it for less time than you did. But it was it was a good game. It just, it just didn't quite sort of grab me. Uh, Playtale, I didn't play the first one, but I'm liking the look of this new one, so I'm going to check that out. Gotham Knights, just out of, you know, wanting more DC games and giving DC games a chance, I'm going to try that. But I'm only playing as Batgirl. Uh, Modern Warfare 2, you know, probably going to spend a bit of time in that. Uh, so Modern Warfare 2, and of course uh, the campaign, you know, a week early for those that pre-ordered. God of War Ragnarok, my expectations are kind of low for God of War Ragnarok, but I'm still going to play that. And then the Callisto Protocol... Um, they posted a new trailer the other day, which is about two minutes or so. Um, kind of looks to me a bit like a sci-fi space version of like a Last of Us-ish sort of game. 
So um, that's it's it looking better and better every time I see it, which is the Callisto Protocol. Um, Robert, any did of these? You... Sorry, I said, did you see who they announced is doing voiceover work for it? No, who was that? Uh, Kieran of Fukuhama, who Fukuhara, who plays Kimiko in the uh, Amazon Prime series The Boys. Oh, so yeah, she's yeah. got a so, she's so got like a voice role in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think they gave her any dialogue in the trailer, but I, I remember seeing like a glimpse of a woman, and it was her. So yeah, well, it's, it's, it's got her listed as voice, so I would have to assume she's got some sort of voice role in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's really cool as well. Uh, any of these games for you, Robert? Uh, maybe Callisto Protocol because I like a good sci-fi, and I can't remember the last good sci-fi game I played. So. Cool, cool. Um, did you play the first God of War? Well, I'll say the first one, the 2018 version. I played it for a bit, and it kind of fell off um, just because there was too much NPC grinding on it with gear and equipment, and that's just... It's kind of like yeah, when you're yeah. with your departure from uh, Assassin's Creed. I had played the <laughs> original run of uh, God of War, and that's just not what God of War is to me, so... Yeah, yeah. One thing I kind of noticed i remember i remember when i played the 2018 i'll call it revival of god of war because it's not a reboot um i remember when i played that game and i was like is it just me is it the way i'm playing the game or whatever kratos seemed really slow now i remember i mentioned um over on playstation access's channel um they're doing a weekly thing on mondays uh with rob he is playing uh the 2018 god of war game because he's i think he's he said he's the only version he's the only member of the access team that's not played it and i've watched him play it and as i mentioned a few a long time ago um it's interesting like the criticisms i had of the game and watching somebody else play it like do those criticisms still pop up i don't understand why kratos is so slow in that game because whether it's through me playing it or watching gameplay of it or watching other people play it he's very slow um so i i I hope that that is sorted out in the in, in the new game but anyway there's that um, I'm going to play all of these apart from Tunic. Oh, I mean, I've already tried Tunic out on Xbox. Um, that's a game that I, I might go back to one day, Tunic. Um, maybe I didn't give it enough time and whatnot, but... Um, Playtel, I'm curious about the new gameplay mechanics. That looks kind of good from that perspective. Uh, Gotham Knights, just to just to have something for Batgirl, <laughs> is really the way I'm looking at that. Because um, I would like more content from that character. Although I did watch this week's um, The UK episode for Harley, uh, Harley Quinn and Batgirl was in that and she was quite cool in that so um, Modern Warfare 2 yeah I'll be playing a lot of that um, and for a couple of years God of War middle expectations I'm very excited though for Callisto Protocol so we'll see how that all goes speaking of a Plague Tale the new one which is called Plague Tale Requiem uh, it's been reported that the game I think this is just with main story uh, will take 15 to 18 hours to complete with no filler i don't know if that was specifically the director's comments or developer comments but that was what was uh, i just saw it sort of loosely reported this week and i thought i'd put those two pieces together um robert for you um it depends obviously on the different genre of game and what it's about and you know how much meat is on the bone i suppose how long do you like games to last you on average it depends on the style of a game if it's like an open worldish game as long as there's direction um i don't care if if it's like one minute or you know well obviously not one minute but (laughs) i don't really give too much credence 
you can finish Gone Home in one minute. Is that your achievement for that? Yeah. The, um, yeah. Sorry, lost my train of thought. Um, for like adventure, RPG, stuff like that, it really just depends on how engaging the world is and how much faff there is for the stuff. Like one of the reasons why I kind of tapped out of uh, Sunset Overdrive was just there was way too much collecting crap that was needed to progress the game. I think there's like between the different materials that you had to collect randomly around the city, there's something like over a thousand collectible items. And I'm just like, what? I mean, I know there's some people that just like OCD stuff over that. And I'm not one of those people, thankfully Uh Um, that would drive me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for me, I mean, I have games like, um, I was trying to work out when I was playing Last of Us Part 1, because Last of Us Part 2, when I played that, you know, not knowing the story and, and things like that, well, having a having a guess at the general direction, but, you know, not knowing everything that happens. My first playthrough of that, which was some rough searching around for stuff, obviously I was looking for ammo and whatnot and gears and supplements and things, but I wasn't deliberately looking for, like, collectibles and that. My original run through of Last of Us 2, I think, was 22 hours when I went through, because I, I did play the PS4 version of Last of Us, but when I went back, I don't remember how long that took me, but when I played this PS5 version of Part 1, I think that took me 12 hours. Um, and the structure of both games is a bit different because of what happens in the story of both games, but that's like almost half the time. Um, but I obviously still thoroughly enjoy both of those. Then there's games, I suppose, like, you know, The Witcher 3, which takes a while to go through. Um, I can't remember how many hours I put into that. There's games like Metal Gear Solid 5, Fallout 4, I think. I put, like, I don't know, 70, 80, 90 hours or something in. Um, if it's a narrative-driven story game, so let's say, let's do some different examples. Things like Uncharted, Batman, Spider-Man, Last of Us, um, Ghost of Tsushima, you know, get game, Tomb Raider, games like that. I like them to be about, let's say about 12 to 18 hours. So roughly the ballpark of what this is saying. Um, it depends on, I suppose, the pacing of your start, middle, and end. Because um, there's, a, there's a bit of a difference in the kind of story structure of Last of Us Part 1 and 2. Part 1 has got a very kind of, well, they've both got goals that the characters are trying to do. But Last of Us 1's a bit more... I don't want to say Clara. It's well. It's basically you know Joel escorting Ellie to the Fireflies. That's the path, and the path in Last of Us Two. You still have a this character is trying to do this, but it's uh, it's less clear how long that will take because of the differences in the plot. I don't want to explain what it is because that gets into spoilers. But um, that's a little bit different. And as you start to go through Last of Us Two. You realise that okay, there's um it's deeper and there's kinda of more going on. That's maybe why the, the game like takes longer. There's also like different structural things in there. So um but o- overall I would I would say yeah, I would say maybe twelve to eighteen hours. Um I remember when I went in to play Arkham Knight, which was a game I was looking forward to for ages, and it was reported that, that game was about twelve hours long and I thought, Oh, that's like precious kind of time. Um obviously you've got like the Riddler stuff that you can do if if, if you want to do that as well. Um, but yeah, I I would say about roughly what's reported reported here about twelve to eighteen hours roughly. Um, I know Last of Us Two stretches a little bit longer than that, but I love that game so 
and I've played it multiple times. So, um, but there's the 22 hours for that. So r- roughly around that ballpark, I would say. When you've got games like Limbo and Inside and these these like smaller games, I don't mind. Uh, and things like Stray recent is a recent example. Those games take let's say three to six hours to play, but they're kind of designed that way. Um, like I I wouldn't expect to play Stray or Limbo or something for like 18 hours. Um, because I don't know what I don't know what you'd do with the plot for that length of time. Um, but anyway, so uh, that's what I have for this week, Robert. How about yourself? Uh, I got a couple things. First off, apparently there's been some harassment of developers at Respawn. Um, I don't think we covered this last week. I forget. I don't, um, I don't think we did. No. Basically, on the 22nd of September, Respawn's official Twitter account put out a post saying. Recently, we have seen increased harassment towards the members of our development team. We welcome community input. However, the line between constructive feedback and harassment of our dev team cannot be crossed. We want to remind our players that we have a zero-tolerance policy for threats and the harassment of our developers. We will take appropriate actions to ensure the health and safety of our team. We love hearing feedback and will continue to work alongside our community to foster a respectful, collaborative environment and uphold the competitive integrity of our game. So obviously that's not something you ever want to do. We've talked a lot about this when this comes up from time to time. Um, Probably the most interesting response has been from uh, rapper and streamer T-Pain, who he quote tweeted that image that Respawn put out. And said, bro, y'all have to fucking chill out. It's a fucking game, my dude. Play something else if you hate it so much. Walk away from your console or PC if you become so consumed by a game that you feel the need to threaten the people that work hard to make it. Just chill the fuck out. Which, outside of the expletives, I completely agree with. Because I don't mind swearing when it's appropriate. And I think it's absolutely appropriate in this time. But he swears so much that you never really get context of how in serious this issue is because he's always swearing yeah yeah um in terms of like you know death threats and things like that we've talked about you know things like cd project red getting death threats because they wouldn't release cyberpunk when it wasn't ready and then they moaned because it got a released version that wasn't ready so you know vicious cycle um yeah regardless of like the context of the death threats whether it's to a developer or somebody else obviously it's not appropriate at all that's to me inhumane um there's never anything that justifies that type of behavior um on a on a related but slightly side note the amount of because i've mentioned on the chat podcast a few times i follow on twitter um a few uh quite a few different trans people because i like reading different stories about you know when they're able to legally change their name and all you know all these sorts of like nice stories that i read about sometimes there's also the worser side of that where um I mean, it won't just be trans people kind of saying like, hey, I receive death threats and that's it. It will be, you know, they'll attach screenshots of conversations. Um, it's completely inhumane, a lot of uh, some of the stuff that I read and that I see. Um, it, makes me, it makes me quite sad, but... Um, and th- th- there's there's a balance as well in terms of... Um, sure, some of these people you can consider like, oh, they're just trolls and, it's it, you know we try to ignore trolls on the internet but there's a line at a certain point where sure there's some online hate that should and can just be ignored and blocked and move on but some of it has to be challenged as well 
um, and, and that's what it depends on exactly what it is that's being said and by who and in what context. Um, I'm not and I'm not saying, of course, that you ignore death threats as something very very serious. Uh, I'm just talking about general sort of online harassment because um, some people just do it for a laugh and they're not serious, and some people really are. Um, but no, it's it's horrible to me. It's inhumane. It's inexcusable. There's no there's no excuse or reason for any of that type of behaviour. Um, so yeah, my my thoughts go because the topic here is obviously specifically to do with devs. Um, my thoughts go out to them. I mean, whenever I whenever I see any kind of like behind the scenes videos or you see like the the work that goes into a game. A recent example is when uh, Naughty Dog did the ten minute video. For the Last of Us Part One, and they and Matthew was explaining about like, hey, here's some of the new stuff that we got and motion matching and all this different type of stuff, and you and there were certain parts of that video that showed like code and you know different graphical stuff and all that, and you know as, as people like me and you that you know analyze games and think about them and that type of stuff, um, there's a hell of a lot of work that goes into game development, so. You know, um, from from that side of things as well, seeing like the the amount of work these people are putting into these games, and game development is not easy at all. Um, yeah, it's it's sad to see. So, uh, any thoughts yourself on the situation? Yeah, the the trolling part. You know, sometimes it's fun if you know the person doing it and the person that's on the other end know each other and they know they're just having a laugh with each right. other. It's like when yeah. I mentioned with the. Uh, Bex playing the creaky noises when she's got a scary game. Um, she knows I'm doing it. Um, she knows I don't have any ill will or intent, or, you know, or hate towards her. Right. Um, I'm just having a laugh, and so she doesn't take it personally. Um, she's about the only one that I follow on Twitch that I do that with, just because. Well, I know a lot of the people that I follow on Twitch. I don't really need feel the need to troll them, and even with Bex, it's just occasionally randomly, and I'll just as easily play like. A quacking duck or a honking goose or something like that. Um, and these are the sound bit alerts that she has on her page. So if she didn't like it, she could easily take it off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As for the death threats, I it just might be the, the, you know how you feel like you're the only sane person in the room sometimes? sometimes I just yeah. don't get why anybody would need feel the need to do that. I mean, I've gotten super angry at people before. Yeah, sure. Um, the guy that ran into me and completely wrecked my car and completely effed over my life for a couple of months because of that. I was angry at him at the time, but I'm not stalking him and trying to kill him or nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's interesting when you, within the discussions of like death threats and harassment and things like that, whether it's down to, um, if it's like racism or homophobia or transphobia, um, I, I've said on episodes before, that I'll never understand that mindset, but I don't understand that mindset because I don't have it. Um, so e- even though you can try to look at it and think, okay, why is a person reacting in a certain way? Sometimes it doesn't make sense because it simply just doesn't. It's just abhorrent and it's and it's inhuman. So, um, but the overall message I'm both trying to send is that let's, let's be nicer to each other. Let's be nicer to each other and stop. One 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 particular aspect of the whole specific death threats towards developers is okay a development team regardless of who the development team is is trying to make a game you have seen that game and you are looking forward to playing that game whether it's out in a couple of months couple of years couple of days couple of weeks doesn't matter and you've looked at that and one of the issues you have as a gamer 
is I want I'm very I'm too excited to play this game that I want it to release right now. And because the developer won't release it right now or in the next month or the game has been delayed, I'm going to tell that developer that I want to kill them. Why do you want to threaten to kill somebody who's making something that you want to play? But again, that mindset doesn't make sense because it doesn't make any sense and I don't understand that mindset because I don't have it. But if you think about the kind of function of that, somebody's making something that you want, right? You're not getting it as soon as you want because you're impatient and you're greedy or whatever. Like we we we've spoken loads of times about games we're looking forward to that have been delayed and we go, Cool, it's delayed, just you know, like Hogwarts Legacy recently or Forspoken or whatever. I'm not going over to those devs and being like, Hey, if you don't release this game next week I'm gonna kill you you know, it's just hey, Hogwarts Legacy, okay, it won't be out in November or December, it'll be out in February. Go away, work on the game, take your time, make sure the game's good. Um, otherwise, you might give me a Hogwarts Legacy game that I'm looking forward to that isn't as good as what it could have been or should have been. Um, and in the case of specific case of CD Projekt Red, they were kind of sort of forced in different ways to release a game that wasn't ready. They were moaned at for it. Um, and now, what, two years later almost? What, what was that game? 2020 that came out? Nearly two years later, the game is almost at the point, or pretty much at the point, what it was supposed to be. So, we need to learn lessons from that, basically. So, but yeah, um, yeah, let's, let's all be nice to each other if we can, if we can manage that. I know that that's very difficult for some people, but, um, let's, let's try to at least act more human and more mature if we can. Uh, let's move on from that. Uh, what else do you want to talk about this week? Uh, well, the last thing I have is is just so ridiculous that it makes no sense. <laughs> um, we've joked several times about how many times they're re-releasing Skyrim. I mean, it's an 11-year-old game, and it's, it got the uh, anniversary yes. edition, and then the special edition, and then the it's legendary edition. edition before that. Um, and so now the uh, anniversary edition, which is not the... Um, the, the big one, I think, with all the other mod stuff, because it's going on the Switch, is getting released here. But the ridiculous thing is that it's releasing for a $70 price tag. Go home, Bethesda. You're drunk. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because um, I'm in certain Facebook groups and stuff, and somebody took a screenshot of this, I think on the Switch store or wherever it was. And they said, hey, some people said Last of Us Part 1 remake wasn't worth $70. Again, in terms of the question of should you buy that game for $70, it's up to you to do that. Have you played it before? Do you want the new version? Etc, etc. You can only answer that for yourself. Um, But while Last of Us Part 1 was in development, they showed, okay, here's the new graphical designs, here's some of the new animations, mechanics, new workbench. There was more to it. Um, it was missing maybe one or two mechanics that in debatable conversations it could have or should have had. Um, in in my long review that I did, I pointed out that I didn't like the melee combat in that game because it should have included either the dodge mechanic or an alternative, and it didn't. And that was one of the aspects, one of the, well, the only aspect of the whole game that I didn't actually like. So there was a debate to be had about that. Um... Unless this version of... Because I haven't seen any like videos or screenshots of what this actually looks and plays like. Uh, this, this $70 version of Skyrim on Switch. If it doesn't actually have anything different in a 
technology sense, so like new graphics or mechanics or animations or whatever, um, something that improves the game. Because um, we, we, you know, before we record, we tell each other what notes we got so that we know what we're going to be talking about and whatnot. Um, Skyrim is already on Switch. Um, mm-hmm. One of the differences between one of the differences between the three different versions of The Last of Us Part One or Part One is one of them's a PS3 version, one of them's a PS4 version, one's in, one of them's a PS5 version, um, and you can't play like the PS5 version on PS4 backwards compatible or whatever because it was built for PS5. Um, Skyrim was built for PS3, and I've played the what was supposed to be the PS4 version of it. Um, and I thought it was not a good game. And it looked dated. It it felt like I was playing a PS3 version of a game on PS4. And it was called like the remastered version or whatever it was. It was, it was the PS4 version of the game. So it was essentially a port. Um, if this is that same version of the game that we've all pretty much seen for, for years. Um, 11 in fact. Yeah, for over a decade. Um, then no, it's not worth $70. In fact, if the other version of the game is on there if it's almost the same thing then get that version i don't know how much that version is but um i hope this doesn't go because the, the amount of stick the naughty dog were getting i was like oh your game's not worth 70 dollars i've already played it and i don't want if, if if you've already played it and you don't want the new version if you've already experienced the story then no you don't need to buy the uh, the newer version for 70 dollars because you don't need to i mean if you're not interested in the improvements of it then nobody's making you pay $70. And look, nobody's making me pay $70 for this version of Skyrim. I'm probably not going to play Skyrim again because I tried both the VR version and the PS4 version. And although the VR version had some good ideas, I still just didn't really like it that much. Um, so, no, I'm 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 not going to, you know, nobody's making me pay $70 for this version of Skyrim or the other version of Skyrim. Um, nobody's making me pay for any version of Skyrim, whether it's on my phone or my whatever fridge um or whatever you can wherever you can play it these days so i'm not going to moan in terms of that aspect but um i haven't seen anything reported about okay this this, these are the changes that we're making to this version of skyrim which to the developers justify the 70 dollar price tag so um if it's the same because there's actually a thing going on this has been kind of quietly reported on switch the fifa 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and 23 are all the same version of the game. So if you... Because FIFA 23 has just come out. If you want a FIFA game for your Switch, from what I've um, read and heard and understood about those different versions... Because IGN started doing these um, uh, like small little reviews for FIFA every year. It was like, yes, yeah, the same version of... The, or, or specifically to the Switch, not to the other console versions. Specifically, the Switch version of FIFA has been the same on 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22, and 23. Um, and they put out, like, this four-minute video of, like, hey, yes, yeah, the same as last year, updated things and whatever. Um, and I know people say that about the console versions, but these are literally the same mechanical versions of FIFA. Um, and they have the cheat to call it, like, Legacy Edition and all this sort of stuff. Um, so just on a side note, if you're looking to get FIFA on Switch, from what I understand, you can just get FIFA 18 and it'll be the same as, as the new one. Um, if there's any new players and whatever, you can just make them and stuff. So anyway, that being said, uh, Robert, what do you make of, uh, $70 for Skyrim? 
Um, I agree with you that if you don't like it, you don't have to buy it. Absolutely. Obviously, I'm not going to buy it because I don't think it's uh, worth $70 on that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, prices are what the prices are. We don't know how much development cost went into uh, porting it from uh, PC or to the Switch or whatever. Um, it'll be interesting to see how well it sells. Um, I don't know that it'll even sell all that well because, like I said, it is an 11-year-old game, and weirdly it's a game that you would think would go well on a Switch as in a mobile device because you figure you know, you got a plane trip or a train trip or something, you had a couple hours to kill, mm-hmm. pop out the yeah. Switch, you could easily get that done, knocked out. Um, you know, time time's gone. You just, hey, trip's over. Yeah. Um, just, but I do think that price is going to be a serious barrier for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting as well that um, I paid twenty five pound, which is far less for Dreamlight Valley, and that will last. That's a game that will last me ages, and is mechanically and graphically in my opinion a better game but again differences in prices and stuff so um yeah again if, if for those of you who like want to play skyrim i suppose don't just jump on that and pay 70 dollars. look and look and see if there's anything different because if there isn't if there isn't you might as well buy the cheaper version that's already on switch which launched with the switch five years ago so yeah maybe and the guy that wrote the article that i was referencing that from made a joke saying on the PC you catch the right sale you can buy uh, the Skyrim for you know leftover change from your last kebab delivery so <laughs> yeah yeah uh, cool anything else you got for this week uh, that's all I got cool no worries at all we've got a couple of emails to go over uh, if you would like to write in to entertainment talk uh, so either this show or the other ones or whatever the case may be um, if you've got any questions, comments, thoughts, ideas feedback on anything we've discussed any news we missed, let us know what you're playing uh, what games you're looking forward to all that type of stuff Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org Twitter eTalkUK there's a contact page and information in your show notes uh, email box on the website and clickable email name in your show notes as well Harrison writes in says uh, you said before the COD Modern Warfare 2 beta came out that there are no red flags for you I listened to your beta review and wanted to know if you had any other red flags. Um, I have two different sort of um, elements of that. The one is, uh, well, one thing I referenced in the article, which is them, you know, taking the feedback about the, the footstep audio. And I, in my opinion, I don't think they should change that. Hopefully they don't. Um, I'm still not quite happy with the perk system. So I... Again, it could be a case where I play the game for a couple of months and I get used to it. But I don't really... I don't want to just blindly play the game and just... Oh, I'll just get used to whatever is in this game and I'll just, you know, bow down, so to speak. Um, if there's things in a game that I either de- disagree with a design choice or something like that... Um, then I will I will point that out. So instead of me kind of... Oh, I'll get used to it. It's the new perk system that I'm, that I'm mentioning... Um, I don't want to kind of just hey Infinity Ward, no worries, I'll get used to whatever you do in this game, because um, there's a lot of there's a lot of really good stuff to love about this game. Um, I think some of the new stuff that they added, which I haven't fully gotten sort of used to all the new stuff yet, but some of it's got you know some great potential in that, you know, with some good experimentation. Um, the the one I I don't even really have a specific issue with. Okay, instead of three base perks, you've got two base perks and then two bonus ones. I just want to have restock on <laughs> and not wait 
um, I think it, I think it got cut down to two minutes because with the so the idea is with the third and the fourth perk, which are both bonus perks, you just wait a certain amount of time when you activate them. I think when they started, it was four minutes for the first one and eight minutes for the other one, and then I think they halved both those times. So now it's two minutes for the first one and four minutes for the other one. And I was watching a YouTube video. I was doing some Modern Warfare um, video watching, and I came across this video, and some guy that I was watching, he just said like, "What's the what's the like why why you know they cut it down from four to two minutes? Why is there this kind of two minute waiting?" point on it like what's the what's the creative sort of design idea supposed to be and I kind of agreed with him um about I, I just don't get sort of that's not really a challenge aspect that's just a time waiting sort of thing um and I, I don't really like the idea of that so we'll see how that kind of how that sort of goes um so those are the, the only two things really that the perk system which is more of a, a personal issue I have with the game and how that's laid out and the other thing I've just you know, the, the, I get that because Infinity Ward are trying to said like they're trying to kind of cater to everybody, which there's lots of different play styles in this game, and it's going to be difficult to cater to everybody. Um, but just use footstep audio to to advantage. That's that's all I would say about that. So, um, but in terms of other red flags, now I think the game the gunplay is really great. Once I got used to it, obviously it feels different. I had to get used to a difference with that because it's a different game. Um, but no, audio design I think is great. The feel of the guns is really great. Um, it'll just be great when I can, you know, put some attachments on them and make them better. So, um, yeah, that's how I'm looking at that so far. And we don't have long left until the uh, game comes out. So, we shall see. Uh, Beth writes in and says, uh, Thoughts on Sonic Frontiers? It looks fun to me. Um, that first video that they showed, which I think is an earlier version maybe, it, it looked quite rough. They have showed it since then. Um, see Sega. It looks better. I still am in that kind of. I'm in that same spot with Sonic that I'm in with Pokemon, which is. Um, I'm intrigued by playing those games, but I have no idea which one to start with. Now, there's somebody. I, I mentioned this on the chat podcast. There's somebody new that started working. Um, I say with me, like near me at the school. Um, one one is a new cleaner that's that's joined. Um, hey Sarah, if you're listening, um, and uh, we we got talking about video games and stuff because I said like, hey, I do these podcasts, and she's like, oh, you, you're into games and that sort of stuff, and we mentioned Dreamlight Valley, she plays that and everything, um, and uh, I was mentioning like you know COD and some other games and things like that, and she mentioned Pokemon, and she was kind of into some of those games and I said I like the the concept and the idea of Pokemon I just have no idea where to start and I kind of jokingly said like one of the one of the reasons for that is there's literally like a new Pokemon game almost every week it it feels like that anyway um I mean whenever I'm looking on like the boomerang lists for like upcoming games or I type in Pokemon there's just so much there I'm like I, I don't know what's what and what's what genre and whatever um so I kind of don't know where to start with Pokemon games um the other one not quite so much, but same kind of thing as with Sonic. You've got the the two D ones, the three D ones. Um, will I just be able to enjoy just Sonic Frontiers if I just jump in? Because it seems like it seems like they're trying to do a little bit something different with the uh, design of the game, which could be refreshing. It could be interesting. But um, one of my sentiments was, okay, I came away from Sonic One and Two, both very good films. Sonic, I think Two Two is better because it just adds more stuff. And I came away from both those films thinking, I like those. Sonic's kind of cool. I don't like him as much as Crash, but 
Sonic is cool. I play video games. He's a video game character. Where should I jump in? So, I will give this a look, I suppose. Um, I saw some of the new uh, gameplay stuff, and it, it does look better than what it did before. Um, Robert, what do you think of uh, Sonic Frontiers, and where are you at with Sonic? Uh, it looks halfway decent. Yeah. I doubt it'll be in my rotation. I'm not a big Sonic guy. Um, back when those games first came out, um, we didn't live in a place where you could have multiple consoles. There wasn't multiple consoles. You had one, and that's what you had. And I had the Nintendo system. I never had the Sega system. Yeah. Um, and wasn't crossovers with games. You know, you didn't have the same game on the on the NES as you did on the uh, Sega system. I mean, occasionally you did, but it wasn't nearly as prolific as it is today. There was everything. Everything that was on like 80% of what was on the Nintendo system was on the Nintendo system. And about 75% of what was on Sega was only on Sega. There wasn't a whole lot of crossover with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I can't remember what date they put on Sonic Frontiers. I think it's next year, probably. So, We'll we'll see, um, but it it's it's piqued my curiosity, if we uh, want to say that. Um, Actually, think... uh, according to a real quick search, November eighth this year, oh, is okay. the release date. That's when God of War comes out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's funny, isn't it? Like Gotham Knights is like, hey, that Call of Duty game. Nah, we'll just release about a week before it. Sonic Frontiers. Ah, uh, we'll just release like the day before. God of War comes out, and Sonic's a big name. Sonic's mm-hmm. a big name. So is DC. So is kind of Gotham Knights, but um, Gotham Knights has got the bigger competition there because you're dealing with probably the biggest selling game of the year in Modern Warfare Two. But um, I guess you know Sonic's a big name. God of War's a big name. Um, for those that want to play both, will probably play both anyway. But um, competition is interesting. So yeah, well, uh, it's, it's no different than over here. Um, the WNBA playoffs are happening, and they were complaining that they were getting low low ratings, but they started the playoffs at 3 in the afternoon in the middle of the NFL opening weekend. Huh. You're not competing against the NFL. Right. I don't care yeah. if it's the playoffs or not. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and lastly, Jack says, um, I heard about a Silent Hill game getting an ESRB rating thoughts. Uh, when it comes to anything Konami, whether it's Metal Gear, Pachinko Machines, uh, Silent Hill, Castlevania, Kojima, whatever, I'm not going to believe anything until we have a trailer. Um, now, a, a rating for a game is that that's a bigger deal than what I've heard before about like because what, what, one of the rumors has gone around for a bit of time, which we've touched upon here and there, but it's been reported multiple times, and I don't feel the need to go over it constantly. Is uh, that blooper team who I've heard some problematic things about the ones that made the medium? Um, mm-hmm. They're supposed to be making I don't know if it's a remake, reboot, revival, sequel, new game. I had no idea. A Silent Hill game, and there's been a lot of people that said like, oh, the medium kind of fell off. For, I I fell off of the medium. It, it started to just get a bit sort of silly and whatever. It started off pretty good, but um, I, I I never finished it. And I've said like, oh, you know, because Silent Hill is in terms of video games anyway is quite iconic um it's like one of playstation's big historical sort of titles you know in the in the ps1 era um that a lot of people don't trust blooper team to make a silent hill game um 
so you've got you've got a double-sided element to this, which is okay. I mean, because I'm not really like a Silent Hill fan. If a game comes out, cool. Maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out. Um, is okay. Is Konami going to bother to make a Silent Hill game? I still do not think. I still don't think that they will until we actually get an announcement or a, a trailer or you know evidence of the game existing type of thing. The other thing is, if we look at what happened with Metal Gear, is just because if if there's a Silent Hill games that come comes out, it doesn't mean it's going to be good. Just because the IP has promising history and iconic nature to it, it doesn't mean that that game's going to be good. Because genuinely, if you look at you know Metal Gear's history, they were good because of Kojima. They were iconic and great because of Kojima. He left. They made Metal Gear. Um, what was that game called? I've forgotten the name of it. Not Rising. Revengeance. No, the the other one. Um, the 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 one that doesn't have Kojima involved in it. I can't remember the name of the. Oh, the stupid game. I know it's five, but I don't remember what the subtitle was. No, not five. The one that came out after that. Um, then I got I mean, nothing. I can't even remember the name of it. But the other one that came out and it didn't have his involvement with it, and it was terrible. So again, just because a Metal Gear game come out or a Silent Hill game comes out. Um, it doesn't automatically mean it's going to be good, and likely the reason that Metal Gear Solid game wasn't good is it didn't have Kojima on it, and they turned it into some sort of zombie. I don't know what that game was. Um, some sort of zombie hunting thing. Um, that came out, and given given that people didn't like Blooper Team's The Medium, that means that okay, it's very unlikely that if the if Blooper Team makes a Silent Hill game it, that prob- they, there's no reason for us to think that that will be any good either because um, there, there's certain elements within the medium that are Silent Hill-esque that sort of dystopian you know, psychological horror type thing it's, which is in there so it's the same kind of genre so if they weren't good at making a game within that genre then why would they be good at making a Silent Hill game but in terms of like what, what do I think um, instead of me ooing and ahhing about whether it does exist or not uh, there's no evidence that it does right now uh until we, until we get an actual trailer or you know an actual announcement um I'll, they'll just probably keep working on pachinko machines which is which is which is really sad because you think of the potential something like castlevania silent hill or metal gear have um i mean metal gear solid one to me is one of the most iconic games of all time um it's such a it's such a special unique really great game and uh yeah, the IP just needs to be sold to somebody else, but that's that's unlikely. Um, what do you think of a Silent Hill game getting an ESRB rating? I it only really matters for Australia because any game that gets like a NC seventeen or sure whatever they call it over there yeah. uh, just gets straight up banned for the game. They what won't even mean? allow it in the country. What do, what do you mean? Uh, Australia's regulatory board: if a game gets too severe of a rating. Um, they just don't allow it. Okay. You can't download it from the store. You can't import it. Uh, you can't play it at so all. It, just, it doesn't get released in Australia. Yeah, basically. Huh. I'm sure there's other countries that have that too. That's just the only one I know of for right. a fact because I still watch reviews every now and then from uh, Zero Punctuation and they'll always complain about not being able to play it, this game or that game because of the rating system in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um... What do you think that means in terms of the game's existence? <laughs> uh, past that, I mean, like like you said, until we see a trailer, uh, 
it's just rumors. Yeah, or like a Twitter post of a poster, or like, hey, this game is in development from this person. Um, and it, it it'll be it'll be a curious thing to see, like. Fallout with Kojima. They tried to make another Metal Gear game without him. Nobody liked it. Um, Metal Gear disappears for years. Silent Hill. Um, they had the major potential with the Guillermo del Toro and Kojima and Norman Reedus with PT. PT is still such a special, unique game, which unfortunately you can't even you can't even get the demo for that anymore. Um, and that came out, so that was like that Silent Hill's newest history. Um, if if Konami then goes and does get Blooper Team to make a Silent Hill game and it's not any good because they didn't make a good game before it'll just put even more of a stain over an already very stained very tainted um, legacy of of Konami so we shall see we'll see what choices they decide to make so there we go Um, anyway that's it that we got for this week we'll be back next week with some more things Um, but yeah in let me just see actually let me look at the calendar uh, so in one, two, um, in roughly three weeks, I'll be playing the Modern Warfare 2 campaign. Because uh, next, I'm going by Sunday. So next Sunday is the 9th, the one after that's the 16th. I think I said the 21st is when the early campaign gets released. So that's one, two, three, three weeks. So on that Sunday, which is the 23rd, I'll have played most of it, if not all the campaign. Uh, and in the weekend after that's the 28th, so that's, uh, yeah, so a couple couple more weeks until I'm playing some uh, Modern Warfare 2 related things, so I'm, uh, I'm excited for that, so stay tuned. Anyway, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org and podcast platforms by searching for the same name, TV, games, films, main night, podcast, main night, the back, no more international nonsense, no more Southgate football, uh, so we'll see how all that goes, um, although there's a World Cup coming up soon, so great uh but we've got all that going on as well uh so united cast is back walking dead's back soon last of us podcast chat podcast is out film reviews coming soon uh check it all out entertainmenttalk.org podcast platforms entertainment talk if you want to get involved and support what we do you can either simply listen to more episodes either on the website or the itunes feeds podcast feeds wherever you like to listen so thank you very much for that you can also tell other people about what we do and where they can find it simply by just telling them or using social media, however you want to do that. Uh, as of course, as well, you can also support us through Patreon if you'd like to do that. $5, $10 level tiers for the every podcast review options. Have a look for that as well. Links are in the show notes for all that related things, stuff and all that. Uh, Geek Town Radio, geektown.co.uk, Geek Town Radio releases on Tuesdays. That's for your TV and your film news, so we give you the gaming news and stuff. David gives you the TV and film news. So if you want to know about renewals, cancellations, pickups, air dates, film news, casting news, all that sort of thing, trailers, uh, David's got you covered. Geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio. Geektown Radio is on Tuesdays. Bex, who we mentioned earlier, she streams very regularly over on Twitch, Trista B-Y-T-E-S, across everything, but mainly on uh, Twitch with her streams. Little Nightmares 2, which I'm looking forward to getting, getting back to as well. Um... That's a great game. That's a great specific game, but for me, I found the experience with that because I've watched other people play that as well. The way that that game is structured, you go from one weird, mysterious creature thing to another, but the way the levels are structured with it and the 2D nature, it's like the way you're going from one room to the next and like you hear things and you see like 
weird stuff everywhere. It, it's it's a great game to watch people play as well. So uh, if you want to watch Bex do that, Twitch, Trista B-Y-T-E-S over there. She streams out on Mondays, I think, but of course if you miss them, there's the archives on Twitch, uh, which is where I'm watching that. So go and support Bex over there, classic games, retro streams, chat streams. All that good stuff. If you want to watch me on Twitch as well, uh, eTalk UK Wednesdays and Fridays from 8. Wednesdays is the FIFA career mode episodes. The newest episode, the return episode is on, is on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. And Fridays, Philosophers Part 1 and Dreamlight Valley. I might make a change to the Friday streams, possibly. Um, but I'll update if I decide to do that. But uh, sticking with that for now. And if you miss any of those streams from me... All the game clips, whatever, that type of stuff. Um, entertainment all plays over on YouTube. Thanks for listening, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.